Ladies and gentlemen, in your lifetime and in my lifetime, we have gone all the way in the culture from Madonna singing Papa Don't Preach into the churches and the churches are saying preachers don't preach. The time will come when they will have itching ears and they will turn their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables myths. But Paul gives a word concerning apostasy and with a note of urgency he says to the young preacher, Preach the word! That's what God wants the preacher to do in this day. Well, isn't the Lord good to us tonight? It's already been good to be in the Lord's house this evening. I'll ask you to take your Bible and go to the book of Genesis and find chapter number 29. While you're turning there, I'll say thank you to the pastor for inviting us. And I'll say thank you to the church for supporting this meeting. And I'll say thank you to the Holy Ghost for already stopping by this way tonight. I trust that he has good things in store for his children tonight. I'll ask you to go to the book of Genesis 5, chapter 29. And I'll allow you to remain seated. You've already stood. And so in Genesis chapter 29... I'll find one verse at the very end of our chapter, verse number 35. Genesis 29 and verse number 35. If you are there, say amen. amen. I want you to notice what the Bible says. It may not mean that much to you at the outset, but I hope that by the end of this evening, you'll have great appreciation for that which we are about to read. Verse number 35. And she conceived again and bare a son. And she said, Now will I praise the Lord. And therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing. Can we read that one verse again? And she conceived again and bare a son. And she said, Notice this phrase, Now will I praise the Lord. And therefore she called his name Judah. Will you pray tonight for the presence of the Lord? Heavenly Father, we are honored tonight to be in your presence. Lord, we are blessed tonight to be saved by grace. And Father, we look to you to do a work that only you can do. And that is breathe upon your children. God, send that great instructor, the Holy Ghost, to sit down and do what man cannot do. God, stir our hearts tonight. Fill us, God, from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. And use us for your honor and your glory. God, we promise you that we'll give you the praise. We promise you we'll give you all the honor. For you and you alone stand worthy of the glory tonight. We love you now in Jesus' name. We thank you and we praise you. Amen and amen. I find tonight a very interesting verse in Genesis 29 and verse number 35. There is a phrase in this verse that has captivated my mind and it has captured my attention. The verse says this. It says that she conceived again the fourth time and she said, Now will I praise the Lord. May I start off this evening by saying to you, I believe it is in order to praise the Lord. I know that in this hour they are turning it down and toning it down, but I would like to stand as a representative of God tonight and say it is still. 
name. As I was reading through this text and studying through this passage, a question popped up in my mind, and it's one that I would like to answer tonight. Why is the boy named Praise? Why this child, born of this woman, born at this time, why is his name mean praise of the Lord? How many of you believe that every word in this Bible was put there by divine authority? This is not some piece together book that we have, but this is the divine mind of God over I say this, it's not all of God's mind, but it's enough to carry us to the other side. There is more to Him than lies within this book, but this is enough to help us upon our journey. And so, I believe tonight that it is God's divine providence that this boy be named praise and he surfaced in this portion of Scripture. Now, there's some things you got to understand. Are you ready for some preaching tonight? You did come to hear some Bible preaching tonight. There's some things that you've got to understand if you're going to understand why this boy's name means praise the Lord. As quickly as I can. Number one, notice this. Notice the origin of this boy named Judah. You must notice the origin, or you must notice where he came from if you're going to understand why his name is praised. I said it in passing, I'll say it again. This Bible was written on purpose. I find in verse number 35 that this is the very first mention of the word praise in your King James Bible. If you started reading in Genesis chapter 1 and you read chronologically through every chapter, it would be not until chapter 29 and the very last verse that you would ever find the word praise in your Bible. Now, I don't know about you, but that struck me funny. That struck me strangely because surely there's been some people somewhere who should have praised God before we got to chapter 29. I found a man by the name of Adam who had fallen from the graces of God. But before Adam was put out of the garden of Eden, there was a bloody sacrifice made. God did not turn him out. Man that God 
matter of fact, there's a man in this book by the name of Jacob who turned a stone into a pillar and who was provided the promises of God. It seemed to me like maybe Jacob should have stopped somewhere and praised the Lord. But what amazes me is that God did not use any of those people. I'm about to preach. God did not use any of those people to introduce us to the word of praise. Matter of fact, God waited until a little girl was born by the name of Leah. And if you don't understand anything about Leah, you got to understand Leah's name. For Leah's name means one that is weary with life. Leah's very name means she was born, worn, slammed out. She was born in weariness. As a matter of fact, that name Leah can be traced back to a deeper word, which means not only weary, but it means disgusted. Now you say, Brother Jonathan, why does that matter? Because God, are you listening? God used a child by the name of Weary to introduce us to the word praise. Think I'll say that again. God used a little worn out girl by the name of Weary, disgusted and tired. And God said, I'm going to introduce you to praise. Not to the great men and days don't but I'm going to bring a weary It's not the people who walked in here tonight and all your ducks are in a row. 
It's the crowd that never has gotten out of our problem. It's the crowd who not only are our ducks not in a row, we can't even find our ducks. Somebody that shot, killed, and hit our ducks. And tonight, your praise may not feel like much where you're sitting. But I want you to know, be encouraged tonight, that out of weariness comes praise that rings true in the ears of God. And in your weariness, find a place to stop and praise the Lord. Richard was in church a couple of weeks ago. A young lady got his Sunday morning service. A young lady said about three quarters of the way back, just come unglued. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about one of them where she embarrassed everybody five rows around her. I'm talking about having herself a spell sitting about three quarters of the way back. Bet you don't know what one of them stick around. I'm about to show you here in this seat. She come unglued, hollering, calling, shouting, praising God. After service, somebody comes to me and said, Preacher, said, I ain't so sure about all that business. Said, I ain't so sure if that's real. Said, I ain't so sure if that's really what we need. I said, I'd like to explain to you that you was not there when she was in her weariness. You was not there when she laid her baby in the ground at two years old and a loving Savior came around the graveside.
you remember mama used to put lima beans and broccoli on your plate? And uh, I, I just want an ice cream sandwich. But sometimes mama put stuff on my plate that disgusted me. And there have been times when God has stuck stuff on my plate. And I said, God, I'm not trying to be a small brat, but I don't like what I see in front of me. But God said, if you'll just stick with me, I'm going to bring you through this place.
the word seven years. Now here's where I'm getting to on the orchestration of praying. Leo was the, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm not trying to be funny or ugly, I just got to say it. She was the ugly older sister of Rachel. She had a defect that caused her not to be beautiful. And everywhere she went, they talked about beautiful Rachel. And they added in, oh yeah, let's not forget about Leah. She had always played second fiddle, though she was the firstborn. She should have been the first to get married. But now this hotshot younger sister is taking over the scene. And she is losing all of what she deserves to this beautiful younger sister. Going somewhere. In the middle of the wedding festivities, are you ready? Laban, her father, goes and he pulls a con on Jacob. Jacob thought he was marrying the beautiful younger sister, but he found out the next day that he had had one pulled on him and he woke up to realize he had married the undesirable older sister by the name of Leah. Now, unless you're trying to figure out why that makes me so happy, I'm going to tell you why. Wouldn't you like to have a conversation with Leah? And say, Leah, how in the world did you get a husband like Caleb? How in the world did you get four beautiful boys like you got? We always thought that you never would find a man. We always thought you'd be the old maid at Laban's house. Leah's answer might have to go something like this. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how I got in this situation. I don't know how I got blessed with what I have. All I know is I was minding my own business and my father came around and my father started changing things. And here I am in the middle of the blessing of God because there was somebody else orchestrating my situation. And I tell you that we are a whole lot like Leah tonight. And without somebody else intervening, I would not be where I am this evening. Can I tell you that I, like Leah, would still be sitting alone in the darkness watching everybody else go to the party. But I sure am glad that my father loves me enough to start changing some things in the midnight hour. Here I am blessed. Here I am in the will of God. Here I am with the blessing of God. I sense that we may have some Rachels in this crowd tonight. I sense we may have some Rachels who feel like maybe you got where you are because you deserve to be there. But those Rachels will never stop and praise the Lord because they feel like they could have got here by themselves. But those of us that know we were undesirable. Words long. I showed up to the play that night, 
And preacher, I stood in the back room and I paced, trying to remember that one line. There was a two-hour play going on out there, and I was in the back room working on my one line. I'd been told, you memorize that one line, and everything's going to turn out all right. All I did was walk in that back room, pacing back and forth, but there was somebody else in the building who knew exactly what was going on. There was a director in that play. And while I was back here working on my part, that director was out front, are you with me? Moving people in and out of where they ought to be. Taking folks out of the corner and putting them on the stage. Moving folks when it was time. There I was in the back working on my one line and the director came by, pushed me out on stage. I said what he told me to and the play went on. I think about where I was when I was lost and undone without God. I didn't know how to do what needed to be done. There was things going on in my life that I didn't even know was happening. But I'm thankful that the good director in glory pushed me out in the right place. Pushed me out in the right place. She walked out of that tent, held him up for everybody to see, 
and said, I told y'all I could do something. This was the son of her proving. She knew she was not the first on Jacob's list, but she was determined that she was going to prove to them that she really could do something. Has anybody in here ever spent precious hours and dollars and years of your life just trying to prove something to somebody? Anybody in here ever done anything just to show the crowd that you could? Well, I dare say there's folks in here tonight driving cars just so you can say you could. I dare say there's folks in here tonight working jobs just to say that you could. There's folks in here tonight trying to prove things to dead people who are not even alive anymore, but your whole life is a vendetta to prove to them what you can here she comes, holding up that son of proving. Look what I have done. Well, I have to admit to you, I've had some sons of proving. I've done some things that had nothing to do with God, but it had a whole lot to do with me. Can I get a witness right now? I've done some things that was not for the glory of God, but it was rather so I could hold them up and say, look what I have done. But you know what? Those things never satisfy. And she goes on to verse 33. And she conceived again. Look at your Bible. And bare a son. And said, because the Lord had heard that I was hated, He had therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. You know what the name Simeon means? It means God has heard my prayer. Now, let me ask you a question. Before you get real spirits, let me ask you a question. You ever prayed any prayers that you knew wasn't the will of God when you was a prayer? The answer is yes, in case you're not. Have you ever prayed any prayers that God answered in spite of you and not because of you? You ever prayed prayers like this? Oh God, if you'll just give me this son, oh God, just give me this one more boy, it's the last thing I'll ever ask you for. That's the kind of prayer she prayed. Now let's not be too rough on her. Anybody here ever prayed a prayer to God that when you was a prayer that you made it sound like it's the last time you was ever going to need Him? Let me just help you. Oh God! Lord, give me a wife! And God, if you'll give me a wife, I promise you, I won't ask you for nothing else. Well, your prayer life just now growing feet. Somebody said, oh God, give me children, Lord,
And notice what she said, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ain't no talk about Jacob in verse 35. Some of you need to give up on everybody else and start worrying about the one that is above. There's no talk about what she can do. There's only talk about what God has done. There's no talk about her great prayer life. There's just talk about the one who has answered all of their prayers. There's no more worry about trying to win over Jacob. She realized Jacob wasn't the reason she was blessed in the first place. It was God who had been blessing her. I would say something to you tonight. Some of you have to kill yourself trying to stay in the good graces of somebody else. You ought to honor the president. You ought to love the president. Good above all, you ought to lift your eyes up the glory and realize that ain't the president that you where you are. It's the grace of God. You ought to realize it wasn't mom and daddy. It wasn't in laws. It wasn't friends. It was God that got you. Somewhere in the sun of that praise, she quit worrying about everybody else. You know what? Forget Jacob. Forget my own prayers. Lord, I just want to stop. And I just want to praise you for a little bit. I'm asking you a question tonight. Have you ever acted crazy on God before? Have you ever walked out and stuck in God's face what you thought you'd have done with your chest puffed out and your thumbs and your lapels? You say, Preacher, how do you know so much about that? Don't you worry about me. I'm preaching to y'all tonight. Don't worry about how I got this information. You ever done anything like that? Prayed and God answered that prayer, and you thought it'd be the last time you'd ever need it. And then, have you ever realized that all of that was foolishness and immaturity? And you said, Now, I said, Now, I'm talking about not then, not later. I'm talking about right now. I will praise the Lord. Now, I can't let you go. I can't. We got to put a little cherry on top of this, on top of this cake. So I need you to look at Matthew chapter one, and I'll be done. Matthew chapter 1. Hallelujah. Might I clear out that sound? Matthew chapter 1. We're going to the begats. Some of you didn't know there was a blessing in the begats, but you fixing to get one. Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 2. And Abraham begat Isaac. And Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat Judah and his brethren. Well now, hang on a minute. Somebody call and check the birth records. Judah's not the firstborn in this family. Judah's not the firstborn child in this family. Somebody go get Reuben. You, you mean to tell me that God looked over Reuben? Well, somebody go get Simeon. You mean to tell me that God bypassed Simeon? Well, somebody go get Levi. You mean to tell me that God
crazy on God. I prayed crazy prayers. I said crazy things. And I thought that somebody else was the answer. But preacher, I'm glad in the record book of glory, he's got enough grace to look past me mistakes. And I'm glad that he remembers me. Anybody else in here? 